Previously on Funny Science Fiction. What, what's so funny is the broken foot was the least of my problems in <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Taylor Gray, and you're listening to the Funny Science Fiction Podcast. The podcast that makes you realize why Soylent Green was set in the year 2022. Beware of those impossible burger mystery meats, kids. All right, so our guest today has played basketball with Kevin Durant, even took his ball-playing skills from him. He's been a Padawan, and he was developing his Jedi skills before being lost in a hyperspace jump with Grand Admiral Thrawn. We are, of course, talking about Taylor Gray, the voice of Ezra Bridger from Star Wars Rebels. Welcome to the show, Taylor. We're very glad to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. We, we've been pretty stoked about this uh, all week. We've been kind of messaging each other back and forth and what we could talk about, you know, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but before we get to anything even remotely Star Wars related, I want to talk to you about your movie Thunderstruck, uh, where you play Brian, uh, a, a guy who has embarrassingly poor layup skills, um, and unable to make a single layup uh, to save his soul, couldn't make it happen until you steal Kevin Durant's ball playing skills. And I have to think that the Oklahoma City Thunder um, thought that this was a realistic possibility, and that's why they didn't, you know, they decided to part ways with them. That's a whole other topic, though. Um, I am curious, though. <laughs> uh, were you a basketball player going into that movie? Did you play ball or did you have to like learn some skills in order to make the movie a little bit more realistic and believable for what you were doing on court? Um, yeah, no, I, I did play basketball and it's funny. Um, I was on our, so backtracking a little bit, I played all growing up and through high school and my dad was my coach when I was younger and I was on our varsity team and I had to leave high school my junior year uh, for this Nickelodeon show that I did. And so I missed my senior year of varsity basketball, which is a real bummer. Anyone knows that's the best year of all of it, of what you're looking forward to. And so when I got Thunderstruck, my dad always tells me, he's like, that is a pretty cool substitute for your senior year. I got to play basketball for two, two and a half months with one of the best basketball players in the NBA. And so it was really fun. Um, but I played before in the audition process, we, um, read just the sides for the first maybe three or four auditions and then when it came down to the last bit the like testing process of it I think there were two people up for my role two people up for like another role on the team and the director was like okay now we're it was at Warner Brothers because they were uh, the production company behind it they were like now we're gonna go play um on the lot we want to see we've seen you guys all act now we want to see the last couple people uh actually play basketball and it was cool because when we walked over, there's actually a basketball court on the Warner Brothers lot out here in L.A. that they told us. And I, I believe this is true. I haven't ever fact checked this, um, that George Clooney requested it, I believe, when he did Batman. Oh, well, that's would cool. That, would that check out? I mean, yeah. it, that's what they had said. And he would play all the time. So they have a basketball court there. This like. It's nice, but it's, it's an outdoor court. And we played uh, like two on two. And it was really funny because it was like we were actually just playing basketball for the gig. You know what I mean? At the end of the day. <laughs> and I, I think up until then, um, acting is a very sort of creative, subjective uh, craft, right? But once it got down to playing basketball for the role, I was like, okay, now it's time to switch gears and really turn it on. So it was, it was fun to play um, in front of the, the producers and directors and everything. That's cool. 
so yeah. Ba- yeah so basically it was like a, a gladiator duel for the role right i wish there were some more cases like that it'd be funny if like reading for rocky or the creed movies they actually have to slug it out all right last man standing gets the role okay there we go exactly you'd see another side of these people (laughs) (laughs) i believe that so speaking of sports i understand that you're a philadelphia flyers fan and if tim's hat isn't giving it away um we're red wings fans we're from michigan it's just it's it's your, your home it's your home team it's just what happens but I understand that you may have had a little bit of an issue with Dave Filoni over your choice of teams when you first met him. So how did that go? <laughs> that is true. I usually, um, I pride myself on trying to do as much research as possible because like when you're creating a character or auditioning, especially it's such a daunting task. There are thousands of people reading for every role and you have to set yourself apart, but also like do your due diligence. And so this is something that I overlooked which is kind of funny, but <laughs> I I didn't look into the, uh, let's say, sports allegiances of the producers, including Dave, and I didn't realize how big of a Penguins fan he is. Mm-hmm. And anyone knows uh, they share in the state another hockey team. And when I first auditioned for um, Rebels, I just sent in a tape. Uh, and then I, I think like a month later, they had called in a handful of us to like, meet in the booth at Disney Studios and um, go through that process. And I remember I was like an hour late to this callback for it. And I remember calling my mom and I was like, I don't think I should go in. Like, I don't want to embarrass myself. I'm an hour late. I was sweating. I was shooting something else that morning. And I like had a hat on backwards. I remember my mom was like, just go have fun, do it. And the hat that I was wearing was actually a Philadelphia Flyers hat, which is hilarious because it's not like I even have a real affinity for the flyers uh <laughs> my aunt and uncle uh live out in philly and they had like gotten me this hat so i was just wearing it uh, on the off chance and it was funny because dave we brought that up later but i made it up to him because once we started filming the first season i got myself a pittsburgh penguins t-shirt and i would wear it with my <laughs> philadelphia flyers hat to recording <laughs> sessions which really uh he didn't he didn't enjoy too much but he appreciated that i had something on there with the pens that's that's great yeah Yeah, the sport allegiances can be quite a tricky little thing it's tricky territory for sure yeah um yeah i didn't you know before all this i did not realize that dave was a penguins fan and and if i ever get a chance to meet dave and, and talk with dave that that'll be a sticking point for me but you know we'll get around it i'm sure <laughs> while you wear um, all of your red wings things yeah oh that's that's gonna happen i mean <laughs> i have my red wings jersey over there i've got my red wings softball jersey behind me signed by darren mccarty you know um yeah so that's gonna be a thing that's awesome yeah no he is a very big i believe all pittsburgh sports um but okay. he's very very big penguins fan excellent well i mean yeah. excellent that he likes hockey not so much the penguins but i'll get around right. that i'm working around I actually it, went to a, i went to a hockey game last night actually Ooh. oh yeah where'd you go it was the it was the la kings and the national predators oh nice yeah one four two preds nice yeah i would actually prefer all... the kings to win because you know yeah, preds. we could talk I mean... hockey for a long time because there's <laughs> I have I have certain issues with the Predators. It goes back to the early two thousands playoffs runs where the Red Wings and, play, and Predators would meet 
a lot in the playoffs. Anyways, that's a whole nother topic, and I'm taking yeah. this off. As long Fair as enough. it's not the avalanche, it's all good. <clears throat> that's a whole right. nother topic. That's a whole other topic. <laughs> as I've got my Red Wings snow globe there and my Darren McCarty stuff here. At, yeah. No, I... <laughs> I'll, I'll shut up about hockey now. Nick, you were saying something? <laughs> was Nick, what, were we talking sci-fi? Supposed to be. So huh. we all have something in our lives that drives us or inspires us, or maybe even some words of wisdom. What is like a piece or a word of wisdom that has touched you and helped you to aspire? Oh, I really like that question. Um, I, th- I think it's curiosity. That's something that I go back to often um, and kind of drives a lot of the, the things that I do and, and my outlook on life is sort of a an endless curiosity of, of seeking out more or seeking out things that are different or things that I've yet to experience. And so I tried to maintain that. And I, I think innately I have that a bit. And, and I say yes to as many situations as possible. Um, just to see how things are uh, that are not necessarily in my purview. And so I, um, I try to lead with that. And by doing so, it just opens you up to a lot of amazing opportunities and people and things and things that you wouldn't normally see or be exposed to. But at the same time, sometimes you get in some hairy situations and you're like, oh, I guess I could have been a little more discerning here. But uh, yeah, I, I, w- I would lead with curiosity, I guess. I like that a lot. I do too. That's a good answer. I think sometimes we're not curious enough about the things in the world around us and and allowing ourselves to be open to you know new experiences and new things and so I like that answer. Very well done. All right. So getting into a, a little bit of the Star Wars realm of things, um, if we, we think about your character, Ezra, uh, years after the show has ended um, and it's gone off the air, Ezra remains to be a very popular character. The show remains to be very popular. And now with the resurgence of Ahsoka and the Mandalorian, uh, you know, and her getting her own show, it's made a lot of other folks go back and start to pay attention to Rebels, Kathleen, where they should where they should have paid attention to it in the first place. Uh, coming through, to? exactly. Uh, <laughs> I was wondering, have you ever thought about you know, could Rebels have another season to kind of tie up loose ends, kind of like Clone Wars did, you know, and introduce you know something else like you know because the Bad Batch was was birthed off that season. Uh, and personally, I have clearly, I, and obviously I have no pull in the Star Wars world, but I tend to think that there's an audience for that to, to go back and kind of recreate that. Um, I, I guess the answer would be yes, there's always a possibility, right, of something like that. But I think with um, Rebels in particular, that that is, I, I think it's nice to leave people wanting more, you know what I mean, rather than sure. doing the opposite. and and milking something for maybe a little bit more than it's worth and losing a little bit of the integrity because going into the show, Dave was very set on, and and it was because of what happened with Clone Wars, why they finished that out. He still had some story yet to tell and Mm -hmm. he wanted to finish um, the arc that he had begun. Whereas with Rebels, um, I mean, that show could have continued on, but Dave had said from the beginning, that we what we did is what we had always planned to do. So even early on, we all kind of knew what the game plan was. And while we didn't know the exact arc, 
it ended where he had envisioned it ending. And he, I think it, it added to the show because he was able to do everything the way he sort of wanted to and wasn't called off too early. And so it really tells an amazing tale and it leaves all the characters in really interesting places where it makes sense that people um, I see through social media and, and whatnot are curious and eager for more. And I think that's probably the best way to have it. Um, but I, I mean, they're all such great storytellers, everyone who uh, works for Lucasfilm that I'm sure if they needed to um, spin a yarn, they could, they could do so again. Yeah. Cause as you said, you know, the, where everybody's kind of left off, there's, there's definitely a possibility where there's, you know, openness for extended stories there somewhere else, you know, you could go off and you could tell different things about it. And, and I see both sides of the argument, you, you know, leaving it alone and, and appreciating it for what it is. And certainly I do appreciate it for what it is. And it is a, a very well-told story. Uh, and I have to admit to this, to this day, I think, um, you know, that's the only, I think outside of Lion King that's ever made me cry animated show, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> it wept like a friggin' baby. Uh, <laughs> but, You're in the majority with that. The amount of times I hear that. And like the, the, through that last season, it's, it's wrenching. It's, it's really, yeah. I, I was so impressed with it as well. And the sound design and the score just adds to it so much more. And, and we follow these characters for so long. And th that was something that I really loved about the show is while some people in a cursory sense could just look at it as, oh, it's this animated show that isn't going to necessarily go too deep. The characters were really, really strong and their connection was, was very in depth. Oh yeah. You know, I, I think too, you know, just looking back over it um, and I think a lot of people are realizing now uh, again, looking back at, at the series and looking back at clone wars um, because of through the eye of, of the Mandalorian and, and things is that they go, oh, wow, this Filoni guy, he tells a pretty good story, you know, and, uh, you know, he and Favreau, they're doing really good work over here. So what else have they done? And they're like, oh, well, there is these animated series. And I think a lot of people have gone back and realized the strength of, of, of Dave's storytelling uh, through those shows. Um, and you even see it in, if you go back and see his work on Avatar, that there was, there was strong storytelling and character building you know, back yeah. on those shows as well. There is no secret why, why, you know, George Lucas wanted him to come and, and work, you know, so. He's, he's a, he's a masterful storyteller and um, being fortunate enough to have worked with a handful of different writers and directors, Dave, just there, there's something about him that stands out. He he's, he's so well-versed and almost encyclopedic with a lot of um, not just film and TV, but uh, mythology and, and he he knows he knows like the the tropes that a lot of people often fall into and he he steers clear of it while also i think i think one of his best qualities is that he's both a fan and a creator so he he gives people what they want i, I think it's hemingway who has this quote where it's like in the end you have to give people what they want but surprise them while doing it you know what i mean because mm -hmm. we we are conditioned for stories to to root on certain characters and to want a certain conflict to happen. And he's good about touching upon those, but in very innovative, original ways um, and putting his sort of spin on it, which makes it, makes it so much cooler than a lot of things that are out there, I think. So we recently, with our episode 66 
uh, spoke with Sam Witwer, who we oh, nice. all know that you know. <laughs> um, since his role what is, is that guy? Small, <laughs> right? His role as Maul was pretty impressive and remarkably charismatic. So if you think that there was, if there was an alternative dark side ending for Rebels, like there are with so many of the Star Wars video games, what do you think a Sith version of Ezra would have been like? We began to see glimpses of it, right? At the mm-hmm. beginning of season three. And I remember when they put out the trailer for, I don't know if we were at, I think we were at a convention when they did, or maybe a Star Wars um, celebration. I, I can't remember exactly what it was, but when it had come out and they had put together, like when he, I remember he's using the force with the walker and he like walks it off uh, the edge of something. And he's, he's leaning into the power that comes with um, the emotion of the negative emotion, like going to the dark side. And we see by the end of the series, how formidable of a Jedi um, Ezra has become. And so if you swung that just the opposite way and it was on the dark side, I mean, he would have been capable of so much and also who he encountered as well, there's definitely some pairings there. Him and Maul could have done some damage. Mm-hmm. Um, also, just with how the show ends, there there could be a huge connection there, right? And I, I think if he did follow that side, yeah, I don't know. It, it, it could have been pretty brutal for a, a lot of people, I guess. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. The, the but you, yeah, you dark mentioned side that. version is always going to be an interesting spin on a character Sorry. yeah because i think it's for the sure. uh, uh i think it's the end of force unleashed the original force unleashed there's an alternate uh uh sith luke uh uh level that you can play where you're able to, uh, i think he's back on i want to say he's back on hoth and you can just go absolutely wild with luke as a sith and it's it, on the one hand it's like wow that's kind of neat and on the other hand it's like I kind of liked Luke as the good guy where he wasn't just slicing and dicing everybody just because he could, you know? Yeah. Um, that's that's gotta be such a weird moment too, of seeing somebody that you, we all come, we've all come to love and admire and then right. seeing them as their, their evil twin version. Like, mm-hmm. well, it's kind of like pro wrestling, right. You know, where you have had the, you know, Hulk Hogan turned heel after how many years when he went to the WCW, you know, he was in the WWF for all those years as, you know, uh, you know, well, come on, brother. And then it was, you know, I hate you, brother. And, you know, whatever. But uh, well, was that like, was a really bad impression, by the way. That was. Uh, <laughs> we have it on record now. That was, that was great. That was classically I, horrible. And, and on, Hulk Hogan, I apologize. Uh, I had that moment, though, with um, Falcon, no, Falcon Winter Soldier. Was that? Anyway, with U.S. Agent, when it's the, he's got Cap's shield. And I'm like, but it's not. But, like, you look at him with the, you should I should love you because you look like Captain America, but there's a lot of blood on that shield. And um, I'm very uncomfortable now. <laughs> like it is, it's a weird disconnect. Still love the meme of Captain America from Wish. That's yes. my favorite thing. <laughs> I've not seen that. Way to go, Kathleen. All right. No, was it <laughs> me or was it Tim? Who knows? <laughs> So Taylor, we all have something that we hold dear to our hearts. And is there like a hidden gem of something in your career that is a little less known to people? 
Is there anything in my career that is a little less known to people? Um, well, it's like less known, but it still holds a special place in your heart. Uh, like as in a project that I've worked on? Yeah, a project or I guess anything really. Um, yeah, that's another interesting, incisive question. Um, I, I hold a lot of experiences close to my heart that like, it's funny because a lot of people, myself included, gauge things based on the success of what a project might be, right? And I think early on, I, I did that. <laughs> oh, uh, did I think I did that early on a bit. Um, but then I realized, oh, even if a project doesn't necessarily succeed or go on to do however rebels 90 episodes or however mm -hmm. many it was doesn't take away from what that project was and so there's certain things earlier on um where like I worked in that Nickelodeon sitcom for a while and it was it was so fun to do and I I look back very fondly now and I think when it had first gotten canceled there was an idea of like, oh, it didn't, it didn't pan out. We didn't do as many episodes as we had initially thought, but it was something that was really, really nice to have gone through and experienced. And I mean, another thing just personally for me is, is balancing both a career and a, a like a life that we're all leading. And I think a lot of people sometimes don't divorce the two and, and their identity is sort of, um, I don't know, uh, part of their occupation you know what I mean and so mm -hmm. as an actor that can easily happen but I've I've really tried to divorce myself from that and go and like take trips and and hang out with friends and sometimes put um whatever's going on in life before uh, a job and and it's it's a funny place to be to like say no to a gig but every now and then that's the healthiest thing that you have to do and so I think that's something that I always try to focus on as well and I think um, I think you're seeing it more and more with people realizing that um, just like overall good and positive mental health is so vital because that like that's all we have at the end of the day as well. And and I'm glad that there's this new sort of um, that that's becoming more and more prominent and people are speaking about it more. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, I actually host another show called Focused on Forward, where, where one of the things that we talk about is the positivities of mental health and and reaching out in for things that that encourage positive mental health. And so it's really nice to hear you say that because I think a lot of people struggle with the work life balance and and finding ways to um, continue moving forward in their lives that are, are meaningful and happy. Uh, but to, to bounce off your, your point there, you know, over the last year and a half or so, I think that's one of the things that people have really started to realize is, is that, you know, that work-life balance has got to find a place and you've got to find a way to be happy with your life outside of your work. And you can't just be, you know, Taylor, the actor, or Tim, the sign maker or, or whatever. It has to be something, you know, more and beyond that. A hundred percent. And that that's really cool that you have that other podcast and, and it is becoming more people are becoming more comfortable speaking about it and just anybody bringing that up and raising awareness for it helps other people. I mean, when you hear certain people talk about these things, like I think about sports often. And when I was young, I looked up to so many of these athletes and to see a lot of them speaking on this, 
I think that helps a lot of kids as well. And you, you realize like you can be vulnerable about, the, vulnerable about these things and you can speak on them and that doesn't take away from who you are or anything because everyone's going through different things and you never know what someone's going through. And I, th I think we really are making um, strides to a better place with that. Um, and that's really cool that you have that, that podcast. Yeah, thanks. And I, I agree with you 100%. You know, the more we talk about it, the, you know, the lower the wall of that stigma goes. And it, you know, it's easier for people to climb over and say, Hey, uh, they're dealing with it. And I heard what they said and that, that applies to me. And now I'm able to talk about it. So exactly. anything we can do with that is, is awesome. Absolutely. Awesome. So, uh, we talked about Filoni just a few moments ago and his work on avatar. And my daughter is actually, uh, she's 15. She's a huge avatar fan loves, I mean, friggin' loves that show. And, um, as we were sitting down watching a couple episodes, I used that as a gateway drug to start get her to start watching Rebels. I'm like, hey, you like that? Filoni was in that. He does Rebels. Um, so, and, and I, I did use that, and I thought that she could probably would identify a little bit with Sabine's character um, mm -hmm. and ended up, I think she feels like she identifies more with Hera. I don't know how, know how that worked. But, <laughs> but yeah, so that's where we're at right now. Um, but I told you all that so I could ask you this. You know, what aspects of, of the show Rebels did you find personally appealing? Uh, and is there something about the show that you think appeals to the teenage audience? Um, for, first off, I just have to commend you. I, I love that in the same sentence you used my daughter and gateway drug with star wars that <laughs> power to you <laughs> um and try. Avatar. <laughs> every once in a while you know. um yeah but it's funny there there's something about this show i didn't know going in what necessarily i hadn't seen everything that star wars had put out but i had definitely seen the first um film and the first few films and something about those early films that I loved so much when I was younger even was the banter between the character when they're all just in the ship and you're like, it doesn't matter what they're doing. This is going to work because the dynamic between Luke, Leia, Han, and Chewie, it, I mean, droids as well, but it works. Like there's something that you connect with that that's very human about it. Cause like, that's my favorite thing with a lot of these stories. And uh avatar uh james cameron's avatar something i love so much about it is there are very humanistic things in this mm -hmm. far off world right and we can draw those parallels very easily and star wars does that so well we're like yes they are aliens and otherworldly creatures but what is actually going on is you is a real parallel to what we're all going through and so when i saw i mean i felt it in our first session when we were all together because we did these like character shorts these like vignettes that they put out mm -hmm. first and we did those solo and it was really fun to do. And those were the first recording sessions. But then once we were recording the first episode, we were all together and there's that whole chase at the beginning of Ezra not trusting these people. And finally he kind of meets up with them and then he's on the ghost with them. And to see the banter begin, I was like, oh, this, this is going to work. Like there's something here that mm -hmm. everyone, their character is well-written and what every actor was bringing to it took it to another level where you could feel what it was going to be. And some of my favorite episodes through the show, while there are amazing action sequences and, and the stakes are very high, 
are just some of the interpersonal connections that are going on that are really clever and really funny. And you know where everyone's coming from and there's this backstory behind it. And I just, I really love how they could kind of jab with each other and mm -hmm. how it worked because, and, and not to, to comment on any other of the Star Wars films, but that's something that I love about Star Wars that isn't in every film. And when they do it well, the films work for me. And when they lack that, I I feel it. You know what I mean? And so mm -hmm. understood. It's it's something that I think Rebels, again, being an anime show, I think sometimes it's overlooked, but that is one of its greatest qualities to me is how how the characters work with each other. And like I would sometimes like because we would watch certain episodes back um at like the Disney screening room. Um, if it was like a a vital episode in the season or if it was like the premiere or finale and I would find myself just like laughing at certain things that I was like oh this like it just works the the rhythm of it and the music of it is is really cool so that was a very long-winded answer at basically the dynamic of the characters we love long-winded answers that was we great do. don't worry about it uh, cool. that's good um you know it's kind of funny because as <laughs> as you're giving your answer it reminded me of something else my daughter said to me because you were talking about the interactions so one of the things that she loves, it, it too, is the interactions between the characters on the show. Uh, in particular, I think when the first couple episodes we were watching, as um, Ezra's getting used to being on the ghost with everybody and around everybody, um, she looks at me and she goes, how old is he? I said, well, he's a teenager in the show. And she says, oh, that makes a lot more sense. Because <laughs> you and, you and uh, uh, well, I say you, but your character, Ezra, uh, we're going back and forth with Zeb and Ezra and Zeb. We're going back and forth about something, and Sabine kind of like rolls her eyes and walks away, and and uh, and she's like, "Yeah, I identify with all that." She goes, "That's like high school, right there. Those two. <laughs> that's it. That's it, though. And that that's what makes it so great is that dynamic. It's familiar. You know what I mean? And so mm -hmm. while they're in the outer reaches of the galaxy, they're they're on a spaceship. They're talking to creatures." it's that, that you can go, oh, that's high school. You know what I mean? And that's something that I think, I think the best, um, the best series and the best shows and the best plays, all of it do that. You, you take these things and you, without being too abstract, you make it a metaphor for what we're all going through. And, and I think that's really cool. And I think Rebels does a, does a good job of that. I agree wholeheartedly. So we know that Star Wars has a lot of merchandising it's built a lot of its its empire on merchandising oh. <laughs> all of that and i mean star wars itself changed how merchandising was done i mean you've got so many star wars action figures from the original movies and onward and how that has how that's affected merchandising for future films and there's an action figure for every background alien there's grogu christmas decorations so have you found any obscure Ezra merchandise? Yes, this is a fantastic question. Um, okay. This is so it's funny because I've never I never know how to talk about this and I obviously would never bring this up. But um, so Lucasfilm is great about uh, sending all of the merch to you. Mm -hmm. And so it was definitely cool when the show would first come out and like, maybe my mom or a friend or something was at like a target and they send a picture like hey that's right we, we see it here um and i th always thought that was fun and lucasfilm had sent everything from like the early blasters that ezra had which 
or saber blaster right and i remember my roommate at the time i was i was living with a buddy here in la and he was like dude can you please just get rid of those things because i would shoot the the little blaster <laughs> things and they would just be under couches and everything and all they sent all of everything and it was cool to get i think they eventually did a black it's called black series right the yes. and so like for them to do that with the rebels characters there's some really really cool things and like I thought they had covered all of it. And then also going to conventions and whatnot, fans make stuff. You know what I mean? And, oh, yeah. and can make really, some are so talented and make some incredible, incredible um, pieces of merch, really. But the funniest one is I have a local, um, it's almost like a bodega, a corner store where I'll, where I'll get like maybe snacks or like drinks, whatever it might be. And I think a buddy and I were going, it was before, uh, we were going over to someone's house or something and we were going to grab some drinks to bring. And in one of the like uh, standing fridges, there were these, how do I describe it? They were like a juice box sort of, th- or okay. not a box, but like a plastic juice thing. And they had like different heads on them, like a Barney head. Right. And mm-hmm. then the little thing that like, I don't oh, know. With like the little, be. the little nozzles. Yes. The little nozzle. Right. I think my daughter and, had one with like, guy from paw patrol or something exactly exactly so they had a handful of those and it's just the most obscure spot in the world it's not a chain uh like a walmart or a target or something like that it's right just a little corner store that's right up street from my place and my buddy was like there's this isn't your character is it and i walk over and sure enough there is because they have like lines of everyone they have Ezra, like no other Star Wars characters in this thing. And I was like, <laughs> this can't be real. And I took a picture. I, so we bought a couple of them, took a picture, sent it to Lucasfilm. And I was like, I think you guys forgot to send me these ones. And they were like, we didn't even know that they made those. And <laughs> it, became a very fun, it, it, it became a very funny thing at this party. Like obviously a drink with your head on it. There were enough jokes there that it was absolutely ridiculous. But it was so funny to see this thing and I, I kept one of them because I was like this is insane but it I guess we didn't get all of the like apple juice or whatever was in there out because there's like a little mold in the bottom yeah, so yeah, yeah. I, th- I think I eventually tossed it but it was that was for sure the strangest <laughs> thing that I saw you have made it big when you've made it to a juice box <laughs> it's hilarious that's kind of cool too because like you said it was just a random street corner you exactly. know not exactly like as you're describing them, I'm like, no, they, I, I know those things. They sell them at like. I used to Dollar buy them for my kids all the time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually all these different just, characters. Yeah, that's what I know. I think them, I just threw away both of the ones that my daughter had because they were moldy and gross. Yeah. She doesn't know that yet. <laughs> She'll find out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It'll come back to bite me eventually. Oh yeah. So our Facebook group has over 190,000 members, and it and it is just filled with memes, of this and this mixed with this and tons of memes so what two characters that you have played would you like to see come together to either be nemesis or to rule the universe together whoa that's so two characters like i would i would bring them together and make them one sort i mean Ezra obviously has to be in there just because of what he's capable of is unreal. <clears throat> and I haven't played another. I did do one other thing that was like a sorcerer type character. It was only a one-off thing. And 
he was like a sorcerer, but nowhere near as capable, I guess I would say as Ezra. So for sure, Ezra. And now I'm just thinking about funny things like mixing him with my character from Thunderstruck. He just becomes like the greatest basketball player ever. (laughs) (laughs) And that is pretty, that's pretty funny in my head, but I've, looking at characters i've played like a weird range of like a lot of characters with different sort of um mental hang-ups meaning like uh like bipolar or you know i mean i played a character on the nickelodeon show he was like a just a ridiculous like surfer so it's also funny to think about um mixing him with this character bucket that i played and he just becomes an incredible surfer and he has no aspirations aside from like eating tacos and and hanging out so it Mm, there is something funny and almost like poetic about a person who's as capable as ezra a jedi who just kind of like sits on the beach and doesn't use any of his powers (laughs) well he just uses the powers to like create the waves that he can just go yeah exactly (laughs) exactly so that, that might be a fun one and now all i can imagine is ezra as like dad body thor you know uh, so. exactly, exactly. <laughs> All right, Taylor, we have reached the part in our show where we like to play a little quiz with our guests. So, oh boy, I like yeah. a quiz. All right, good. Well, I hope you like this one. It's five questions. Uh, all questions are multiple choice. So we'll help you out a little bit there. Uh, now, throughout this, this little quiz, if you get three of the five questions correct, we do want to send you one of these I gave to the Red Shirt Widows and Orphan Fund coffee mugs. So just like that oh, one there. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, and then if you get four questions correct, we'll send you the coffee mug along with the book that started off our, our group on Facebook, which is called Custodians of the Cosmos, written by our, our page founder and group founder, Drayton Allen. Thank also, you for not asking if I have the other book. because Also Nick's it. dad. Anyway, um, but uh, so in that story, it's a it's a story about a, a young man who wanted to join something like Starfleet, but not like Starfleet for legal and litigious reasons. Uh, definitely not Starfleet and uh, couldn't hack it. He washed out. So he rejoined as a custodian to boldly clean up after those who had boldly just went. So uh, we'll send you both the book and the coffee muck if you get four right. However, where there's fun. There must also be consequences. We like to call it a fun sequence. If you get less than three questions correct, we want to take a picture of you, make a meme out of you, and put it into our Facebook group. Are you okay with that? Oh no, yeah, yeah, I'm okay. I have a question before we go into this. How well did Sam Witwer do? Five for five. Okay. Are they Star Wars questions? Possibly. Oh no, I'm gonna be a meme. <laughs> well if you uh, if you are a meme i don't know if this will help you at all but you're in good company Uh, our very first meme recipient uh well it was frank but our second recipient was dan pavenmeyer from phineas and ferb okay well i will give it my best shot um let's see let's see what happens not to intimidate you but sam was answering the questions before we finished answering them or yeah see that's what i was gonna say like if it's star wars trivia <laughs> sam is gonna get 100 out of 100 like he knows everything about Star. Wars. he might know, you know the, more about star wars than george lucas does the thing oh, is no, seriously i, I thought okay. i tried to throw a little bit of harder questions at at sam Mm-mm. i was like i was like i'll make these a little harder uh, they were hard questions kathleen they were they were <laughs> but it didn't matter with him no, 
they were harder <laughs> questions, but it didn't matter. Sam was like, mm, "Go away, oh, go no, away, kids, you bother me." During during sessions, him and Dave go, like talking about certain things. I was like, "I don't even know anything that we're talking about right now," <laughs> and it was hilarious. But Freddie Freddie also is pretty good. He he knows a handful as well. Well, oh, yeah. Tim, you didn't mention that it is Ezra Oppid, Ezra Epperty. I was I was getting there. I had, oh, just hadn't okay. got to that point yet. Oh, oh that okay. helps. Okay, that helps a little. So we're <laughs> so these are all Star Wars Rebels based questions. So okay, most of okay, them are cool. based about your character, um, or loosely based. Although this could character. honestly expose me even more. <laughs> it's a 50-50 chance. Let's see what we if do. If you yeah. completely fail it, we will still make a meme of you, but we will we will erase this part of the episode. No, okay. maybe. <laughs> I well, was trying to be nice. Let's hope, again, it's confusing. Let's hope there are some easier questions as well. But I, I'm game for it. I guess I will say this, hopefully not prematurely, but go easy on me on the main. <laughs> All right, go ahead, Nick. Rex. Wolf. Hey, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Rex, Wolf, and Gregor are hunting Jupas. Jopas? Jupas? Jupas. Okay. Jupas. What does Gregor call them? Does he call them A, Big Bongos, B, Bagos, or C, Big Gongs? Oh my gosh. It was, on a scale of one to ten, how hard is this one compared to the rest of the questions? I'll tell you. you this is one I of the harder ones to answer. I, 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 th I think it's wait, oh wait, sorry, I think it's A or B. What were the sorry, what were the options again? A big bongos or B bagos. I think it's big bongos. That would be correct. A? Oh, yeah. cool. Okay. Okay. Well, that that's one of the harder questions because that was very specific about one episode, one particular scene. So yeah, ask that. Dave didn't always send all. I I, th I actually through all through all the middle bit, he sent us the full scripts. But um, like sometimes, because with D, since he played all of the characters, he would record by himself sometimes because we all recorded together. But I I remember big. I just remember him saying big bongos. That's funny. There you go. Cool. All right. Question number two. Ezra has blah, easier if I say the question correctly. Ezra has how many scars on his left cheek? A five, B three, or C two? C two. Correct. correct. Two for two. Hey. <laughs> right. to be honest i didn't i didn't know if i would get to so we're, we're keeping it moving <laughs> ezra and what other character are the only two to show up in every episode is it a ezra and kanan ezra and sabine or ezra and chopper I think it's Chopper, although it's weird because it should be Sabine, but I weirdly think it's Chopper. I'm going to go see Chopper. You are correct. It is Chopper. Uh, he's in two more episodes than Sabine. Yeah. Like two yeah, or three. Yeah. And I only know that number because I looked it all up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but that gets you the coffee mug, sir. You are out of Woo! meme land and Woo! fully into coffee land. Coffee mug land. 
right, okay. question number four. Who was not a fulcrum agent? A, Ahsoka, B, Callus, or C, Lando? Ooh, you got me here. Wait, Ahsoka was, though, I think. C, Lando. That is correct. Jolly good. So that's the coffee mug there's... and the book. There you go. I only know whoa, that because Tim told me whoa. that was the right answer. Okay. Dang. And this question is for fun. Who is Spectre 3? Is it Kanan? Oh, Chopper, no. Or Sabine? Oh, no. Okay. Let's Spectre 1. Spectre 1 and Spectre 2. Okay, hang on, hang on. Spectre I guess it comes down to would they have had Chopper first? Because not Sabine and it's not. Oh, wait, did. Wait, do you say the options were Kanan, uh, Sabine, and Chopper? Yes. Oh, God. Okay, so I know it started with um it started with Vanette with Hera I believe and then I guess the question is I think she might have had Chopper before as like a as like a partner before Kanan and therefore it would make Kanan Spectre 3 but in my head weirdly I, I hear Freddie saying Spectre 2 Spectre 3 to go Spectre 3 to go maybe oh, I'm gonna go Kanan I'm gonna go Kanan. It was Chopper. No. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Hey, four so, out of so, five, very respectable. So that means that that means Hera. Um, yeah, because I remember so he said Hera's one. Specter two. Kanan's two. Kanan's two. Chopper's Chopper. Three. Zeb. Sabine. Sabine, and then you. Yeah, Specter six. Dang. Yeah, that one was hard because I mean we obviously would all say so many you'd be like so many different ones and i i was just trying to think back to the origins of it if she had met kanan before chopper um that's a good question nice Ooh, yeah four for five well done sir hey that's still good i'll take it I, I, honestly you guys i was expecting zero or one i thought <laughs> they might throw me a bone um so you did great. Set, set your bar low and you will only be happy. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lesson here. Taylor, thank you so much for being on the show today. Where can our listeners go to find out more about you and what you're doing now? Um, I am on social media at TaylorGray3 on Instagram and I'm TaylorGray on Twitter. And yeah, I, I try to post and, and keep up with things um, as they come out and as I'm working on things. Um, yeah, I'm just there trying to enjoy. All right. Well, we will link your socials in our video description so that our viewers and our listeners can find you. Wonderful. In the least creepy way possible. That sentence kind of got away from me. (laughs) Thank you guys so much. It was really fun. I want to remind everybody that subscribing is the single most important thing you can do to ensure that we get more amazing guests like Taylor Gray here and have these great moments and funny moments for you guys to be able to listen to. So please subscribe. It's that little button down there to hit it just once. That's all he needs. Um, and it helps us more than we can ever really tell you. And we want to make sure that you guys go check out Taylor's work as well. However, if you aren't happy with the content of our show today, please feel free to lodge a complaint with the head of our complaint department. That's of course, Harris and the mother of the ghost and the specter crew. 
Sure, Ezra and Zeb are going to push your buttons, but you can be sure that the offending party or parties will be treated with kindness and civility. Unless, of course, Chopper accidentally uh, mixes up the paperwork again. And then it's anyone's game, except for Kevin Durant's because Brian already space jammed him. Well done. That That's great. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Well, thanks again, Taylor. It's been a lot of fun, oh, sir. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. It, it was really great. You guys are all awesome. So it was an enjoyable time. Thank you. All right. Well, that's our show, guys. Goodbye. Our show is brought to you by our charity sponsor, the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund, which supports the Wichita Teen Foundation that helps out sick kids when they need it most. And just imagine the comfort you'll give Red Shirt crewman number 66. He'll know that when he puts on the Red Shirt and joins Kanan and Ezra in helping the rebels, that he didn't leave his family destitute and without hope because the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund has his back and what's left of Chopper. And speaking of sponsors and show partners, check out this short video from our good friends over at Level Up Lightsabers. Information about Level Up Lightsabers and their online training sessions can be found in the episode description below. On behalf of the rest of the hosts of Funny Science Fiction, we'd like to thank you for listening to this episode. If you'd like to be a guest on one of our future episodes, please contact us by means of our Facebook group, Funny Science Fiction. You can find us on Twitter or Instagram using the handle at Funny Sci-Fi, or you can go to DraytonAllen.com and click the Contact Me link at the bottom of the page. Thanks again. Hope you enjoyed the episode. <laughs>